and welcome, Pitch Pals, to the new and improved Sequel Pitch Podcast, a film podcast in which four friends watch, review, and pitch a sequel to films that don't have them, then battle it out to see who has the best one. Yeah. yeah. I am your host this episode, and joining me, bringing back the band together once again, is Drew Toynbee. Hello there. Andy Henry. Oh, it's good to be back. It is. And Matt Rushton. A happy new year. Happy new year indeed. <laughs> now, going forward uh, into the new year, we have changed some things, yeah? And we brought back some things as well. So no longer are we going to be doing big bumper episodes where you're probably going, oh, geez, will you just get on with it? <laughs> so... Um, by popular demand, we are going to be getting straight in here on your f- podcast for free. Uh, we are going to get straight in to the pitches. We're going to do a little 60-second synopsis as well and our scores and thoughts. But if you want to listen to our full review, then you can head over to our patron. And this is an exclusive to our patron who can listen to our full thoughts and problems, many, many problems <laughs> of these movies in our Patreon. So head on down to our patron. Drew, yes. what's our patron called? www.patreon.com forward slash sequel pitch. Please, please yeah. go. There's only three of them. They're lonely. <laughs> yeah, please join them. And you get to hear so more. As long as it's not the production companies that are going on and being like, you dickheads. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. thought the movie. Or if you do, then thanks for the three pound production companies. And sorry. Yeah. I like how Ross yeah. asked what the what the, the Patreon name was. It's Patreon <laughs> yeah. slash our title. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. <laughs> so, yeah. So here. Uh, and we're also obviously we have to bring back something that we lost during last year, and that is the competition element. Oh, yes. We are bringing back the sequel pitch scorecard, which I will tell you, fellas, is if you become, if you become, we are doing first, second, and third. If you are third, you will get one point. One pitch point. You listening, Matt? One, yeah. one, one point for third place, Matt. <laughs> one pitch point. I've got to get used to hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> if you get, if you get, if you're second, if you're runner up, you get two pitch points. And if mm-hmm. you are the overall winner of this episode, you win three pitch points to go on the scorecard. Me. And Ooh. then. At the end of the year, the person with the most points, the pitch points, uh, wins the coveted (laughs) sequel. There's so many pip. Yeah, like plosives are going to be great for you. Yeah. Uh, Plosive points. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The most points wins the coveted sequel pitch trophy. Look at it, guys. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah, it's massive. Oh, my eyes. I bet the listeners really regret this not being a video <laughs> podcast. So there. <laughs> In case you hadn't realised, by the title of the episode, we will be reviewing and pitching a sequel to the 1994 action comedy spy movie True Lies, directed yeah. by James Cameron, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and... Jamie Lee Curtis. So now, in case you haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? Do it! Do it now! Come on! Do it! Watch it now! Please do the synopsis in Arnie's voice. (laughs) So it's okay. I'm going to help you by doing a 60-second synopsis of the movie. And it's definitely not 60 seconds because I tried to get it down. Because even though... (laughs) Nothing really happens in this movie. Uh, A lot of stuff does. Um, So here we go. 
Harry Tasker leads a double life to his legal secretary wife, Helen, and his rebellious daughter, Dana. He is a boring computer salesman, often away on business trips, but in actuality, he's a secret agent from a mega sector. Harry, along with his teammate, Albert Gibb, Gibson, and Faisal, infiltrate a party in Switzerland, where Harry meets beautiful art dealer Juno Skinner. Eventually, they learn that Juno is not only college art dealer, but she is being paid by an Islamic terrorism group called Crimson Jihad, led by Salim Abu Aziz. Harry visits her undercover as a potential buyer to learn more, leading Aziz and his men to attempt to kill him. Harry fights him off, insert 10-minute car chase scene on bikes and horses, and Arnie loses Aziz in the pursuit. Harry goes to Helen's office the next day to surprise her for lunch, but overhears her making a secret arrangement to meet a man named Simon. The next portion of the movie is basically Harry trying to figure out if Helen is sleeping with Simon, played by Bill Paxton. <laughs> so he ends up manipulating her into giving him a socially distanced lap dance. Aziz's men suddenly burst in, kidnap the couple, and take them to an island in the Florida Keys. On the island, Harry finds out that the art dealer was working for the Crimson Jihad, and they have four nuclear warheads now. Aziz wants America to stop being America. Aziz detonates one to show its power. Harry and Helen escape, but not before Helen learns of Harry's job. Aziz escapes, takes another warhead to the Nakatomi Plaza, and kidnaps <laughs> Harry's daughter. Then Harry arrives in a Harrier jet, and then he kills the bad guys and says. Okay, so a quick sum up of the movie, good, the bad, and the ugly, if you want, uh, and a score out of five. So let's start with Drew, because I think you're going to be giving it a good mark. I am indeed. Uh, Find out why Drew wants to give it a good mark on our Patreon. <laughs> We're just going to constantly plug the Patreon in this episode. Yeah. Every Non-stop. five seconds. <laughs> I find this movie really fun. I have quite a lot of nostalgia for it. It was I, I had it on tape, recorded off the TV, labelled nice. by my mum, no joke, Arnie's James Bond, which is just so <laughs> incorrect. Couldn't be more incorrect, but there we go. I, For me, every discrete part of this film, aside from Jamie Lee Curtis being coerced into doing a striptease for her husband, thinking it's someone else, and that's not good in any way. I, I, I'm surprised they got away with that in 1994, to be honest, but there we go. Everything else other than that really <laughs> yeah. works for me. I th- the comedy hits for me. The action really works for me. The family, the sort of family drama. Of, is it an affair? Is it not an affair? Is he a spy? Is he a double agent? Is he trying to get to Harry? That all works really, really well for me. And I think it's great fun. And I'm giving it... I'm giving it four stars. I, 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 it deserves to leave <laughs> at least... At least an entire star for um for the striptease scene, but other than that, I think it's really good fun, <laughs> and you should never bet against James Cameron. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? Final thoughts? Good, bad, and your five. Okay, uh, um, <laughs> uh, as I said in our chat earlier, it was like I don't know whether I like this film or absolutely hate this film. Um, <laughs> I, therefore, I just have to be pretty indifferent about this film. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the last twenty minutes are great. I I do find it very entertaining. There is humour there where there shouldn't be or wasn't meant to be. I think, but um, yeah, leading up to it, I do struggle with the movie a bit. I think the striptease was also the best part of the movie. Why not, Jamie Lee Curtis? No, <laughs> no I jest. Um, it's very uncomfortable, apart especially when they do the extreme close up of his eyes and that little strip of light. Like, mm. <laughs> oh, mm. that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so I think I, <laughs> on that basis, it, it's not the worst movie. There, there are a lot worse movies that we've done um, in these episodes. So I'm going to go with two coppers jumping out the way of a falling helicopter over the car out of five yeah <laughs> nice nice okay andy so many cars explode there was one the car that like it was the car with the three terrorists in and it dangled oh, off yeah, the edge the... and then like that a pelican or funny. something <laughs> sat on it and it went over it was about half a meter off the ground and when i say ground i mean water <laughs> And it kind of just tips over, hits the water, yeah. and explodes. And <laughs> we're all laughing as well. Like, that was, that was... Yeah. I mean, the way I did describe it is oh, yeah, funnier yeah, than yeah, how, I it, said, act, how the, it happened, the to last, be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The last 20 minutes and the first 20 minutes are great. I'm going to re-edit this film and re-release it as a 40-minute film. And I, it's going to do better. Like, than, this is a two-hour and 20-minute film. It does not need Andy to be Henry that long. special presentation. It's two scripts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's two scripts <laughs> put together. Couldn't really decide on the tone. It's 
It has two Arnie catchphrases. One doesn't make sense. He kills the guy, puts him in the u- u- uh, urinal, flushes the urinal, and says, cool <laughs> off. Like, uh, okay. The other one is when he fires the jet and he uh, fires the rocket, you're fired. That kind of, you know, makes Arnie sense. I get that. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was not, it's not that great. It's not the best one. I'm going to give it two um, guy, uh, two guys f- falling, <laughs> falling out of a truck uh, after being blasted by a rocket launcher <laughs> and then getting run over out of five. Okay, and I am going to say, I... <sighs> Some of the elements of this movie took me out of the movie, like seeing the stuntmen's faces. I don't know why I'm so bothered about that. I really don't. Usually, I wouldn't be that bothered. It's, it's really it was so yeah. much in the first like. Yeah, ten I don't know minutes. why it really it was annoyed so me. Much of it. It's just like fuck's <laughs> sake. Um, this is the guy that brought yeah. us Avatar. And yeah, Titanic. yeah. Brought us clearly visible stuntmen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with Andy. I think the middle of the movie is really irrelevant doesn't need to be there it could have just been like you know him hunting down terrorists or whatever or doing something um i don't think yeah i don't think the comedy landed for me as much there were some good moments but having said that because it's an arnie film and i love arnie no matter (laughs) even if it's a bad movie uh i'm gonna give it three visible stuntman's faces out of five (laughs) So I'm going to give it a middle, 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 <laughs> top middle. Okay. Um, so all, all Drew, I would say, right. Go, on. Oh, oh, go, on. go Matt. No, go on. I was just going to say, before we give the final score, we talk about it a lot, and being 60 episodes in, the amount of times we've given each other shit for having two acts of a movie. <laughs> like, clearly what happened here was that he had his act one and his act three, and he just didn't know what to do in the middle. Yeah. And we've all been there. Yeah, we've I've all had been to there. deal with you fuckers getting on my case all the time about this. So I'm just saying, I feel James Cameron's pain. James, but we've, we've been through excuse it. him when he's got that much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Drew... What does that give us as our score for True Lies? True Lies comes out at 2.75 out of 5. So it's not a recommendation, but just above middle of the road. Closest comparison. Ooh. Uh, Nearest comparison. Oh, it's it it's slightly higher than Alien Resurrection and Uncharted. So what about Commando? Where is it? Ooh, higher than what about Commando? Commando. Oh, yeah. I'm sure no. you gave that like, Ooh, like ten Commando, stars. Really. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. When, when the f- did we do Commando? There it is. <laughs> I think we did uh, it. Like... Three point one three. So yeah. it really is only marginally oh, wow. better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by our reckoning than. Than Commando, <laughs> it's it's point five of a total score better because I gave this two, I gave Commando two and a half stars. I was cruel. I gave it two stars. <laughs> There's a point in this film where Arnie goes to a chopper and he doesn't say get to the chopper. Well, a missed opportunity. Come on. He does say get to the car though, or something. Get to the car. I I feel like and Andy, I feel like. <laughs> You, if something is an entirely mental screwball comedy, that you're like, well, that's not actually a comedy. If people aren't <laughs> farting in people's faces and throwing yeah, up, that's, and, that's right. Then it just it's not South Park movie. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take that out of my pitch now? I'm going to take <laughs> farting and out all that. Sorry, this is a smart comedy, uh, action comedy, is it? Subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Understated. Yeah. So- Without further ado, who, I think who before has described an Arnie film as understated. <laughs> yeah, I think it's further. Without further ado, we are gonna get your sequels pitched. Yeah. So the rules are simple: you have the floor to win me over with your pitch. You give me your title and your blurb and your synopsis. Then I may have some questions for you, and then after everyone has pitched. You all will battle it out to persuade me why I should pick the person that wins and they'll get those three pitch points. Second, we'll get two pitch points. Sweet three points. Oh, yeah. The third, I mean, we'll get one pitch point, pitch point, pitch point. Let's start (laughs) with Andy. Andy, what is the title of your sequel? My title. I've got True Lies 2. 
false truths. Because, yeah. <laughs> true mm-hmm. lies, false truths, makes sense. Uh, true lies too, <laughs> fake news, which may give you an idea about who the bad guy is and mine. <laughs> but I'm going to go with true lies too, undercover, but over the top. <laughs> and my little blurb <laughs> is... <laughs> After her parents get caught during a mission, a grown-up Dana must pretend to be a secret agent and save them. So, 15 mm. years after the events of the first film, we open on Harry and Helen at a party, working a mission. They're dancing the tango, of course, when they hear Archie, Gibbs' son, now uh, in their ear, telling them and the audience, basically, the mission. And the mission is they need to find a corrupt government official who is looking to sell state secrets to an unknown buyer. Uh, the couple need to find out who this government official is, uh, so the, Helen and Harry kind of go their own ways. They do the separate missions, a few bits, and they fight some people. Uh, they enter an office and start looking for clues. They find out the official is looking for a very, very rare metal that was mined 30 years ago. Might sound a bit familiar for anyone who's you know knows Black Panther. Uh, mined 30 years ago, <laughs> this metal is super light, indestructible, and can carry a huge amount of energy. It's basically vibranium, but we can't use that copyright, obviously. <laughs> Harry says, oh, he knows where this metal is, but before he can tell Archie, uh, he and Helen get shot with tranquil- tranquilizers by some guards. They try to run to freedom, and we can have uh, a comedy kind of uh, Wolf and Wall Street bit where they try and run, but then they slowly get like, as the tranquilizers start to take effect, <laughs> and then they fall down. And um, get tied up. Archie is outside in the car like uh, his father Gib was. Um, he just manages to uh, drive away to freedom. People are trying to get after him, but he manages just to get away. Uh, and he sees Helen and Harry unconscious being tied up and then put into a back of a van. We then see Dana, who's now uh, aged between 25 and 30, depending on obviously like actress and, and stuff like that. I'm recasting. Um, I'm going to go with either Maisie Williams, obviously Game of Thrones. Uh, Natalie Dyer, um, Stranger Things, I can't remember what her character is in Stranger Things, and uh, or Bernie Feldstein, um, who was in Booksmart. Um, she's just working a very normal office job. Archie just comes running in and tells her what's happened, and he needs to help her uh, to save her parents, as he and he can't like um, he can't go back to the Omega Sector because he thinks there may be moles in there, um, so he's not sure who to trust. Dana says she's not a spy, uh, she can't help, you know, go away, but then suddenly goons come in, and I love, I love me some goons, they start shooting up the office, uh, and off he, uh, Archie says uh, they're after him, so they need to go away, but they, uh, he needs her, uh, Dana's help basically to find her parents, so Arnie karate chops some of the baddies, and he and Dana just manage to survive and drive away to a safe house. At the safe house, Dana tries to tell Archie that she can't help uh, uh, him. She's never followed in her her parents' footsteps being a spy because she wants a quiet life. After hanging off a crane in the first one, it kind of scared her a little bit. You know, understandable. Uh, But Archie says, uh, not only are her parents in danger, her parents in danger, but America and therefore the world is in danger. Archie shows uh, Dana a presentation with the info that he's gathered and says they need to go on a mission. Uh, You can describe it as kind of like a practice mission to Dana to kind of like improve her skills. Uh, so they can find out more clues. Dana uh, isn't trained, so she gets nervous, and she nearly gets caught during this mission several times, leading some comedy. You know, she can try and break into an office. doesn't go well. She kind of hides behind things, but can't. You know, she's she's a bad spy. I'm trying to go for the more Johnny English kind of action comedy uh, vibe here. <laughs> um, so, but she eventually, she breaks into the office. She finds some information. She brings back to Archie. They then... Uh, the information takes them to uh, another suspect. So they drive... Uh, and on the drive, they can get to know each other a little bit. You know, maybe a maybe a romance starts to blossom. Maybe I'm not too sure. Um, when they get to this new suspect, they have to interrogate uh, the suspect. Um, and Archie's like, um, "You know, kind of what you must know not what to do. You know, your your parents are, are great spies. You do it." And she's like, "I can't do it. I don't know what the hell." So he's just like, "Well, just act like your parents. What would your parents do?" So Dana interrogates the suspect and she switches between her father's mean demeanor and Australian accent and her mother's nice, sweet demeanor and American accent. So she's trying to play the good cop, bad cop of herself, basically. Uh, The suspect says he doesn't know the real name of this corrupt official. Uh, They only go by the code name Quadruple X. (laughs) And I didn't use Triple X because I said that and my housemate went, oh, it's Vin Diesel in it. And I went, no, all right, I'll change it to Quadruple X. (laughs) So Quadruple X... Wants to find this metal that's because he wants to that's duplicate it. That's a sequel it. film where he needs to do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah, yes. Uh, Quadruple X wants to duplicate this metal and make tanks and weapons and take over the world. 
He tells Archie and Dana um, he was meant to go. Um, he was meant to go to a party tonight, being held um, by Quadruple X, and this party is at the White House. So Dana and Archie kind of tie him up and steal his inv- invitation. They then go to the White House in the evening, all dolled up. It's gonna be the first time, like maybe uh, Dana's put on a dress in a while or something. We can have that whole thing. They die hard their way through some air vents, and they see Quadruple X is President Thump. Oh, um. Obviously, just a Donald uh, Trump ripoff. Um, uh, and he says to these people that he's basically planning to sell the metal to the highest bidder. He just wants money. He just wants safety. He's going he's gonna to sell the metal, get loads of money, and fuck off to an island somewhere. Uh, Dana and Archie um, learn that the... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Dana and Archie learn that 30 years ago, a spy gave this metal to his wife as a present, uh, kind of in a jewel sense necklace, uh, which was then given to the daughter. Dana realizes that the necklace she's wearing uh, is this necklace that her mother Helen gave her for her fifth birthday and is the metal that actually the quadruple X is after. Dana tells Archie, um, tells Archie this and then Archie betrays Dana because he's actually quadruple X. And he learned about this metal from his father, Gib, before he died. And he only joined the Omega Sector to find it. Um, He throws Dana in jail uh, where she meets her parents. They can have um, maybe a sweet reunion. Uh, and I'm not too sure yet if like the <laughs> if they actually know about the metal or not. I don't know if it's going to be funnier if like we could have a sweet moment where like, oh, it's a precious metal. I wanted to give it to someone precious to look after or they don't know. And they're like, oh, shit, give it back. Oh, you know, I didn't know I was going to put you in danger. Um, Arnie then meets President Thump, who tries to go back on their deal. So Arnie just shoots him, sits in the Oval <laughs> Office and speaks to all these highest bidders about selling the metal. After apologizing uh, for not being the best parents, Harry, Helen and Dana break out of jail and fight their way through the government officials and guards who are all evil so they can die and no one have to feel bad. Harry and Helen and uh, Dana then fight Archie and all his goons and basically save the day. Uh, And then we end with Harry and Helen uh, looking for information on the highest bidder. So it kind of maybe leads to a third film or they go off on their own little mission with the aim to arrest them all. And Dana just goes back to her quiet office life. Watching uh, Matt's face during that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Took a bit of keeping up. I, I must admit, but you know what? Andy answered Drew's question earlier about what made an action comedy because you told us very clearly where you thought your comedy moments were. So thank you. Yeah. We now understand Andy's wavelength. <laughs> so, Andy, no mm. Arnie until the end of the movie? Mm. Start the and end. I mean, let's face it, he's, he's 72 or 75 now, he, and I don't want to... We could do, I, I was thinking we could do a funny one joke, I think, or maybe once or twice where it's an obvious stunt double. Um, but I was thinking more for Dana <laughs> than Arnie. Because Arnie, he's 75, and to be honest, I don't want him risking another heart attack. I think he's had about three already. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's more, it's it, it's definitely a, he's in it, he's in at the start and at the end, big act three fight. Um, but it's more of a, a vehicle for, for Dana. Uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite bold to make Archie the uh, villain of this yeah. uh, movie. What a twist! Uh, what made you choose that? What made you choose Archie? Uh, just because I wanted, I I wanted a, a big, a big twist. That's either um, I I, I couldn't decide if it was going to be like if the audience was going to know Archie was going to be evil from the start, or if it was going to be a big twist. But um. Yeah, I just wanted a, a, a big a big twist in there. And hopefully by that time in the film, the audience would have related and liked Archie and maybe want her or Dana and Archie to be together if they, if we do have that like romantic connection. So it should be a, a, a twist that people kind of be like, oh, I don't want him to be the bad guy. I wanted him and, and Dana to, to be together and save the day. Okay. Um, so the president is also <clears throat> the bad guy yeah. as well. Yeah. Everyone's a bad guy, except and... for the three main people, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just explain to me the sort of end scene. Like, you don't obviously have to repeat. Like, how do... So, he kills... He shoots the president in the White House in mm-hmm. front of everyone, and then do, he's in, the in, president no, in, now, or...? He's not the president. He basically just kind of, like, sits in the chair and... Um, yeah, I wanted the image of him basically in the White House, almost kind of being the president, but he doesn't take it on. He just Look kind of me. sits in the chair. Look at me. And then, I'm the president <laughs> now. I'm the president I now. 
Hail Hydra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so does everyone so is everyone in the White House? Are you saying like, oh, they they have to break in out of prison and then they break into the like Arnie breaks into the White House, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- like basically all the guards. So all the, yeah, all the guards are and that work for Archie as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I'm I'm kind of trying to play that they don't know who is proper identity is they just know they work for quadruple x quadruple. and then when he reveals himself quadruple. everyone's just like oh shit this guy i've heard about him quadruple x he's such a big bad goo a big baddie that um we better not mess with him okay um and last thing mm. uh, i have to ask you is you said in your pitch um you know the whole world is in danger um and, mm. you know because america is in danger yeah because yeah, and and dana really <laughs> needs to help but let's yeah. go on a training mission first, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it's a mission to get information from someone that he says, "Oh, we oh, can so use this as a like practice a... mission." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They go on like they go on two missions before the big one, uh, and the first one yeah, she's yeah. like, "I'm not a spy," so he's like, "Oh, this first one is basically breaking into an office, so you shouldn't have to beat anyone up. You shouldn't have to kill anyone." You can just try and sneak in, but obviously she's bad, so that's where some comedy does. And he can say, "You can use this as a bit of a practice." Okay. Um Yeah, okay. Okay, I think that's uh all my questions for now. now. Uh no, no, I'm gonna wait until <laughs> they argue your their case. I'm sure that Matt's <laughs> got some burning arguments to make against yours. Uh and moving swiftly on, we will go to Matt. Uh what is your mm. title and your blurb? Okay, um, my title is True Lies, colon, Truth Hurts. <laughs> uh, and this is the second yeah. movie in a True Lies trilogy. Harry Tasker is now a granddad, and he has to once again save his family from the clutches of evil using all of his badassery. I'm going to keep Arnie as the protagonist for my movie. Um, the problem is, however, the evil lies a lot closer to home. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, so we open up on a close-up of Harry, looking fantastic, albeit a bit old. Um, He's using his Arnie eyes, those real extreme close-ups, and he's looking menacing and stealthy. Uh, And we zoom out, and we see him throw a bladed boomerang, and he slices someone's neck open, that guy dies. He takes out some others with this cool (laughs) action sequence. (laughs) And finally, uh, he then pulls out his guns when he's realised he gets someone gets spotted. Yeah, and then he pulls out guns, killing loads more. He kills some like head hunter guy in an office, and then he opens up a storage crate, and there's a woman in there, and she says, "Papa!" He exclaims, and he's like, "Princess!" He replies, and that is their actual name. The character's name is Princess, uh, <laughs> and it turns out that's Harry's uh, Harry's granddaughter, and played by the played by Florence Pugh. Then we get the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut outside the warehouse, and there's a shadowy figure in waiting. Harry runs over and he hugs him. We pulls him into the light and we meet Princess's boyfriend, Bishop, played by, uh, uh, sorry, I'm going to butcher the name, and it's Regé Jean Page from... Uh, oh, from Bridgerton. Bridgerton. That, and D&D oh, yeah. Bridgerton, movie. That's the guy mm-hmm. yeah. in the D&D oh, movie. That's where I, I think you meant the old French dude that was in Godzilla. That's where I really want him to come from. Yeah. <laughs> what was his, what's his name? His name's Jean, Jean Page something, isn't it? Jean Valjean. <laughs> Jean Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I've forgotten his name. Rene. What the hell is his name? Yeah. Oh, that's going to really. But I'm piss glad me it's off not. Now. <laughs> it's not Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla We're 1997. Page. <laughs> that's a lot of fish. So basically, this guy is really smart. He's suave. He's handsome, uh, and he immediately runs over and hugs Princess, and there's tears in his eyes. Clearly, there's a lot of love in the air. Um, when asked, Harry approaches. Go on, you've got the name. Uh, Jean Reno. Ah, there, there we go. go. Thanks. Oh, I feel better. <laughs> I'm glad we can clear that one up. There you go. It's not him. <laughs> although I feel like now I want to get him cameoed in the film somehow. We'll work that out later. <laughs> anyway, when asked how he knew she was there, Bishop explains how a friend of his at some prestigious college, because he's smart and he's handsome, he's got powerful friends, uh, he, owed a defa- he was owed a favour by a detective and wanted to extend that favour to help a friend. It sounds a bit far-fetched, but we let it go. Harry's very grateful. He calls him son. Oh, 
Bishop's taken aback by that, and the three embrace and return home. Then we cue some recognisable faces as Helen, Jamie Lee Curtis, is waiting for them on the porch, and Dana, uh, Eliza Dushku's back, and she's in the living room. She's very worried. They all hug. They converse. Load of exposition. Prince X explains what happened. Bishop pulls Harry aside. Though he's like, we need to talk, and explains that he's got more information on this group of smugglers and pimps. Harry how- vows. Harry vows. Harry vows, Harry vows to get revenge. Harry vows. I thought that was this second. <laughs> Harry vows. <laughs> Keep your airy vows to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so then we jump into act two. This is murder spree. In this act, Arnie is basically just killing side guys for this gang. He's trying to get the head of the Hydra. All the while, Bishop's there supporting him like Q does and Bond. He's offering different tools. He's offering advice and tip-offs. Um, he's really, really helpful, Bishop. Turns out he's really bloody good at this. Act two ends with Bishop being wrangled and taken away. Suddenly Arnie's then got to go and save his son-ish kind of guy. So he jumps and he's like, right, now I've got to save Bishop. But he knows also where the gang's boss house is. So he goes over to that. He's going to finish this. He's going to save Bishop, presuming that he's been held at this boss's mansion. Act three, it's Arnie. Princess joins in as well. She's there because it turns out she's badass. Um, They just kill a load of people. They kick ass through this mansion the gang bosses revealed, and I just had to bring in Michael Pina. Um, <laughs> I just thought he'd be the perfect gang boss. And uh, Jean Renault is his yeah. sidekick. Um, there you go. We've ticked that one. He's his, he's his security. He's his muscle. Uh, there's a huge brawl. Uh, Jean Renault dies. Um, oh. Sorry. <laughs> Throughout it, Pina's speaking to Harry. He's like, hey, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm being set up. Harry ignores it. He's got blood rage. He's fighting for his family. Um, and he says, like, oh, family's everything, etc. blah, blah, blah. It ends. Pina somehow manages to pin Harry, this 75-year-old male. Um, and <laughs> maybe it looks like he's going to kill him. But at the last moment, Princess stabs Pina with a gold crown, which is Michael Pina's gold crown. Thought the princess and the crown thing would be cool. Um, he bleeds out. But while he's doing so, he's like, look, who wears the crown? <laughs> then dies. Um, <laughs> Harry goes out and he actually finds Bishop has sat on this private beach and there's like a helipad on a jetty uh, with a helicopter there Bishop thanks Harry for finally dealing with the only person in his way Princess walks up and stands beside Bishop and they suddenly look very guilty and very bad guy they reveal that Bishop is in fact the <laughs> smuggler and the pimp Pina was his right hand man but he'd been trying to get out of the game because he just wanted to start a family. He wanted to, to retire on all this money he got. Oh, poor Pini was a good guy. Harry's livid. He chases after Bishop, who hops in the conveniently placed helicopter and starts to take it up. Harry gets to the chopper and he grabs it, full full Chris Evans, full Captain America Civil War. He's holding on. He's holding on. And then Bishop just nudges the stick, the gear stick, and just pulls it to the right slightly. Harry falls into the sea. Oh, it's a real disappointing moment. <coughs> Corrects himself, and he comes out the water, and he sees the helicopter taking off into the sunset. We then have an ECU of an extreme close-up of Harry's eyes again. He scowls, and he says, Liar, liar. <laughs> Roll credits. Um, film three is called True Lies, Pants on Fire. Uh, and we learned that Bishop can, in fact... Control young impressionable, fem- impressionable female minds. He coerces them to work for him, including Princess, in his pimp game, um, the pants on fire bit. You know the whole idea of prostitution. Uh, the all-out action movie is Harry getting to Bishop and having to smash his brains out, literally smash his brains out to save his granddaughter and, of course, the world. Very nice. <laughs> um, just. Uh, so how old is uh, Florence Pugh going to be in this? Because she's 27 in real uh, life. So it's tw- so it's it's 27. Tw- and Eliza and- Dushku is 42, which would make the... If if it was real <laughs> oh, life... She looked a lot older in have- the first film, to be fair. She, she had her a she year off in the first film. She would have to be huh? 15 for Florence Pugh to be 27 at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, well, yes. To... Actually, to be fair, Lawrence Pugh can be aged down a bit, or we'll just swap it for Chloe Grace, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz or something, <laughs> or whatever. You know what? I'm just bringing you the pitch. You can cast her over the fuck you want in it, to be quite honest. Um, I just thought she looked thought older that. than that. I was like, oh, it's been 30 years, basically, so it, she must be this age now. Um, didn't do the research on that. Must have <laughs> But That's I want right. to do it's just to be me being pedantic. So. It's me being pedantic. Don't worry. Um, okay. Um, so what does like, what does Bishop do as a job before he turns into, like, what is what is his cover like? We don't what, know. He's always been the pimp. He is this gang leader, but he's just smartly dressed and he plays it cool. This is the first time he meets the grandfather and he meets the family. So he can just be question marks all around him. Wouldn't, He's just a smart, posh, handsome, beautiful man. So no one asks any questions about him. Wouldn't a spy, aka Arnold Schwarzenegger, go? How did how did you? Fucking... No, he's out the game. He's in his seventies, dude. He's out the game, and he's got a granddaughter now. Once a spy, always a spy. Yeah, listen. I mean, it's like Ryan I won't call yeah, him the like best spy in the world in the first <laughs> yeah, place. <laughs> um, so what's his plan in the movie? So tell me what Bishop mm-hmm. wants to do, because the end result is just to kill Pete Pen- Pena. So why didn't he just shoot him in the head? Because like, he's he's the leader, right? Or is Pena the leader? And then he's... Well, he, he basically, he wanted Michael Pena gone, Michael Pena gone, Um there's probably we can have some exposition about like how there's a load of men loyal to him that aren't gonna go with that you know they're like yeah yeah, yeah you need to get out man i'm with you i got oh, you back i got you back you said and that. they're all supporting him leaving so basically gonna pick you apart basically Roger john page gets gets harry to kill off all the guys that protect Pena and wouldn't wouldn't defer to this gang leader like he's a number two he's a really powerful guy he's got his own pull Okay. And a load of people that wouldn't be happy if Regé Jean Page just popped in one. Uh, do you see it a little bit of an anticlimactic end? No, because we're building up to the third movie. This is the transition. Yeah, but movie. this is still the this third movie. movie. The big reveal. This the is big still... reveal that. <laughs> what? This is still this movie, though. <laughs> I know you're building for another movie, but this is this movie. Well, everybody else, whenever we do these episodes and people pitch threequels, they get to play the second one off as the shit second one. So that's what I'm doing now. You're criticising it. <laughs> now you're criticising my movie. I'm just telling you, the third one's going to be uh, better, all right? <laughs> Fucking right. hell, you do it every other I'm, week in I'm your just, pitches. I'm just editing my pitch to put at the end. Uh, By the way, there's a third movie and it's wicked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, sorry, I'm no, not, I, I shouldn't do, be I really think... arguing uh, for, like, to help no, these guys. Sorry. I'm clearly very defensive in 2023. I've just okay. got my back up okay. for some reason. Um, no, I think... What was the question? <laughs> uh, I was like... Uh, and a bit of an anticlimactic end. I know you've got the the, the yeah, yeah. reveal, which is good. Mm-hmm. So I think there's two shock reveals. At this point, we don't actually know that Florence Pugh's character isn't yeah. also a big bad. Like She appears to be fully like of her own mind and of her own thoughts and standing next to him wanting to be there. And it's only in the third movie we learn that he's a mind control and he's got her under a spell. A literal spell. So like the big reveal is that his family is is falling apart. His angel, his princess is actually a villain. And so is this beautiful man that would never do anything wrong. (laughs) And he'd been played the whole time by his own family. Yeah. Okay, good. That's that that in itself is fucking juice, man. That is a really juicy way to end a movie, knowing you've got the third one coming up. Because how the fuck does he resolve that? That's true. That's true. I'm excited to see the his mind control. I'm, I'm excited to see the third one more so. Uh... Yeah, skip straight to the third. How <laughs> you already said I got one point. Oh no, I'm joking. Um, okay, cool. Thanks, Matt. I don't have any more questions, but. Um, <laughs> I'll go for Drew next. What's your title and your blab? I, uh, my title is False Truths. Nice. I like. Brilliant. I know it was one nice. of Andy's joke titles, but 
It's <laughs> it's a nonsense title to begin with, so this is just another nonsense title. Uh, the blurb is, When a shadowy cabal begins making a play to take over the USA, Harry and Helen Tasker find themselves pulled from their well-deserved retirement and into a fight for the future of America with their daughter Dana and grandson Spencer. Nice. So, we open on a mission. There's a, a black-clad operative having to parkour climb down a skyscraper in London to infiltrate a big fancy party. Um, after taking out a couple of goons, the balaclava comes off to reveal Dana Tasker. It's Elijah Dushku. I'm not recasting her. Um, she's all grown up and a field agent at the top of her game. She's on comms with her her man in the van, Kevin. I want Justice Smith because I think he's funny. Um, like he feels, he feels like kind of a modern Grant Heslov. There's a very similar energy. Um, they're going over the mission brief. They're there to investigate links between the owner of social media platform Buzz, or insert any other four letter word with or without vowels, <laughs> whatever we want to call it. That doesn't matter. Uh, the the owner is called Quentin St. James. He's played by Andrew Garfield and he's got links <clears throat> to treasonous insurrectionists in America. So Dana starts looking around the party and IDing people. She sees fossil fuel tycoons, media barons, right-wing influencers, right-wing podcasters. Um, There's one who stands out that they focus in on, the leader of a group called Liberty, an alt-right organisation who calls himself the Colonel. Um, I want him to be played by Walton Goggins, except it's autocorrected to Higgins. Walton Goggins, thank you. Um, so the Colonel and St. James are going for a private meeting and Dana's about to follow them, but she keeps getting messages through from her parents. Um, she's broken mission protocol by bringing her phone and you get a bit of banter back and forth about that. She's like the daughter of the, the, the daughter of the ex director and she's agency royal royalty, a family dynasty, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she, she gets distracted, but puts the phone away. Um, but she misses her opportunity to sneak into the meeting so she has to go a bit loud. We have an action scene. Um, she's sort of sneaking through vents and things, but it's all starting to go tits up. And just before the alarm is raised and uh, the Colonel and St. James have to go, she hears them. She hears the Colonel say that he's going to meet with his lieutenants in he's he's flying into Jacksonville to go to the plantation. Um, Dana escapes, gets on a plane back to the US. She gets chewed out by Faisal who is now the director of the agency for breaking for breaking protocol. Um, she gets him off her back by basically being like, uh, but I'll, I'll, do you want me to tell my dad that you, that you shouted at me? And he's obviously still really scared of Arnie. Um, so he, he lets her off the hook. Uh, she calls her parents back and she was like, what was, what's the emergency? Why? Like you knew you, I'm working, you know, I'm working. Um, and they've basically been having real trouble getting Spencer to behave and he's being really disrespectful and moody. He's like 17 years old. Um, like he's been sneaking out a lot. He's he's staying with them while she's away on a mission. And Dana says, well, why don't you just do what what you did when I was just like that? And they're both like, ha, we that that we we couldn't ever do anything. You had two old boyfriends with motorbikes we and and you only kind of got on the right track after a terrorist kidnapped you and you nearly died um <laughs> and so dana's like oh, okay yeah fair point um i've got to go to florida i've got to investigate jacksonville and then helen's like oh maybe we could come to and you get arnie doing the okay honey thing and she's like no, no do do not come don't come anywhere near this please stay away but harry and helen don't take her seriously and they're like maybe it will be good to get spencer out of the house and so and they go on a road trip um so dana and kevin do a bunch of detective work in around jacksonville and they find the plantation they do some good detectiving um they they go for the meeting but dana can't get in because they are they only let men in and kevin can't get in because he's black um they don't have time to to fly another trained agent in from dc and so they're weighing up trying something really reckless and dangerous and then dana's like i've got an idea smash cut arnie walking uncomfortably through a crowd of baying racists and he's gone in for them <laughs> Um, Arnie finds out the plan is to mount a large scale terrorist attack all across the US to destabilize the government. And then they'll put in a new president who is pro fossil fuels and anti sustainability and anti environment and all the t worst possible things 
possible. Um, they're communicating with their members nationwide through buzz to give the signal for the attacks. And you get a line like, we're, we're not lone wolves, we're a wolf pack descending on this flock of sheep. And then all of the people in the crowd do exactly the same thing like their sheep because irony. Um, Arnie mm. then sees a couple of members of the agency that he knows at the rally and realises that the agency's compromised. Um, Arnie manages to make it out. The family have to split up. Dana and Kevin chase the colonel to Buzz's US headquarters because they need to bring down the network to stop the messages going out. Harry jets off to Washington to save Faisal and the agency because he's an ex-director. He can get in and they know Faisal will be clean and helen and spencer are kind of the third wheel and just sort of sat twiddling their thumbs in in a motel and the three storylines play off against each other harry does the espionage thing not knowing who's good and who's bad trying to get in with faisal trying to give him secret messages blah 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 dana and kevin go to silicon valley they have the big action set piece trying to get into facilities taking out servers helen and spencer have kind of the most personal arc where actually Spencer, who's like a loner, his family are like glamorous and huge and specimens and secret agents. And he's like a a very, very average 17-year-old spotty teenager. And it turns out he is a member of Liberty. And Helen sort of sees the buzz notification and she has to kind of talk him down and then in the end everything's happy obviously Arnie and Faisal end up having to escape to the White House and they end up saving the president from a gang of Liberty people Dana and Kevin take out the Colonel and Quentin in a huge and satisfying edge explosion fight and Helen manages to get through to Spencer with the power of love and they thwart one of the local uprisings the resolution is fantastic Harry and Helen retire again uh, Spencer is happier and can relate easier to his family and his mum and there we go mm, well done well done um, so do you think that splitting the in the third act splitting the stories off uh, will it be a bit jarring do you think at all like in terms of like you know being you know, you're in one with one person then the next person I I I think because it's it's only three storylines I would hope that that's still manageable like three different groups of people at the end of uh, yeah. in the in act 3 trying to achieve different goals doesn't feel too complicated and I and mm -hmm. it was just kind of I if I wanted to have a little bit of tension of like oh maybe this is the last time they'll ever see each other and but then obviously they do yeah do you what sort of genre do you see yours more in because do you see it as a comedy action still i'm i or do you see it as a thriller i'm trying uh, to pitch this very very closely to the tone of the original i i i want it to be like uh an actually potentially scary real world issue but m most of the comedy is in like dialogue and characters in characters in the film reacting in really human and funny ways rather than being in moments where you might expect them to be the big villain or the big action hero yeah uh, and last question do you see uh, like any worries about you know the sort of the racial connotations and stuff not not saying there might be, but do you worry about that when you're doing when you're trying to pitch it? I mean there that I'm sure that would be concerned. I'm not sure if real actual Disney owning twentieth century Fox would let this fly and and certainly yeah, yeah. be that explicit about it. But um this was this was my sneaky underhanded move because I made sure <laughs> to get in there that there's a heavy environmentalism thing and i did that yeah. because what i didn't say when i was saying my cast is that my pitch is you get jim cameron back to direct because you never bet a gem against jim cameron and mine's about environmentalism <laughs> so he'd want to do it so i can't lose <laughs> very nice <laughs> okay i've heard all your pitches i think it's time now 
to let you battle it out to win me over. So who wants to take the floor? Ooh. Drew wants okay, to go. Off. I've oh, just got no. the best one. Right. Go for it, man. Mine is, you, you know, I got criticised the last time we did an Arnold Schwarzenegger film for not having enough cool action Arnie in it. So what did I do? I gave you the fucking birthday cake of Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> action. He's there. He is just kicking ass, killing, butchering up everything you want from someone who's so empowered and he's clearly not stealthy. He's 75 and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So what's the best thing you can do? Just get in there, go fuck everything up, apart from the first one where he is a bit stealthy. So we at least get <laughs> some nostalgia. But then he's like, no, this is personal now because he didn't really care about his daughter at the time. But now he does care about his granddaughter. This one's personal. Um <laughs> There's a fucking amazing twist in mine where the others are just predictable, <laughs> <third film>. racists. <laughs> you know, they're just all right. It's all about, uh kill the racists. Mine's got nothing to do with race. Mine is all about fucking major plot twists. And yeah, it's just like, mine's just, mine's the best action comedy movie. You've got more scope where you're going to offend people with theirs. So where's the comedy in yours? Yeah, where's like, the comedy in yours? Mine's, like, I, a fucking bladed boomerang is funny when it slices I mean, his neck. I mean, yeah. like, oh, it's oh, pretty oh, random, uh, but it's not, I'll give you that. Uh, the, the whole family reunion scene where um, we funny. can chuck a load of comedy in there. Drew said there was a load of funny bits in the first one for the com- for the family <laughs> stuff, so we'll do more family stuff and it'll be funny. Um, <laughs> and then there'll just be things like Michael Pena's in there, he's funny. <laughs> We just chucked John Renault in there. He's, People say he can funny be funny <laughs> because <laughs> it's an in joke. So there's comedy in can there, I, but there wasn't comedy in the first one. It was an action film. So I gave you an I action ask, film. Can I ask Matt though? And when Florence Florence Pugh is like kidnapped in in the opening and stuff, like who kidnapped her? Was it? Well, we get it ben, in exposition. She's already in the lockup. That's it the starts point. in media rare. Yes. Who her like who, she's already who, in. Who, Sorry, who kidnapped her though? Is it like, uh, it's it's all the bad it's all guy. part of the plot. It's all staged. Oh, right, by, okay, by okay. Reggie. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Okay. There you go. So yeah, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> <But> then <laughs> you just trying to just trying to make if me he's write got, more like, some of a mind film. control. If he's got some mind control off, you know, over the women that we only learned about in the third film, then why didn't he kind of get mind <laughs> control? Why didn't he mind control a, a woman to kill Michael Pena? Why didn't he? Why did he have to go all the way to get Arnie? Couldn't you have just because got Florence Pugh to like flirt to get the granddad of this incredible killer? Yeah, he's, he's got like, no connection to Michael <laughs> If he was a young impressionable woman, people yeah, but like he could have got Florence Pugh to act too sexy and then him. be like, oh, let's, let's go to a room together. Oh, we then kill him, and nothing's on and me because the people know they know his power, so Who knows his power? they know he'd just do that. <laughs> if it's a sexy woman, it's like, well. Clearly, that was Reggie Jean Page. He was really pissed off. I saw him the other day in the meeting. He was like, if he fucking leaves, he's in trouble, he is. So they'd just be like, uh, obviously, it was Reggie Jean Page just, but just, just a got woman in the mind of on. another so hot woman. You've got, like, so a new no, you woman, can't. Though. You've got to use the antithesis of a hot young woman, yeah. which is an old granddad. But couldn't you've just got a new young woman that no one knows that's connected to him? To mind control, and then by right because no, he could just... do it with every young hot woman. No, it's not just the, the ones every that young he knows. Hot woman in the world. Yeah, that's why you saved the world in the oh, third, third yeah. film. Specifically, got to be young hot women. Yeah. It's not, it's <laughs> no. young hot women. Like, why not? We're we just going to sit on some two-dimensional. If he has, lot, if he has the power it... to mind control every woman in the world, surely he's already won. Like yeah. only young hot women. Yeah. Oh right, I see. The old mature women now, they don't fall for his bullshit. <laughs> I do. They've met people like him before. I agree with uh, Ross that it's definitely kind of like an anticlimactic ending. I understand you want to lead on to the it's end. It's a major plot. It's you, a major plot You have twist. a twist, but that's not a dramatic ending. You don't go, <gasps> and then cut the credits. You have a, <gasps> and then like 20 minutes more film. Like you need, you no, need you the protagonist to somehow win or something cool at the end. cool action shot. It's like fucking all the other actors. <laughs> and then you get, and then, oh shit, like, credits. That's two minutes from the big reveal. Run down to a helicopter, get in a helicopter, take off, and 
Liar, liar. <laughs> then that's the end of the film. There isn't 20 I, minutes. There might be 20 minutes of credits for all the amazing people that work on my film. But it's not 20 minutes of film. I like the first and I like Matt's third. This is definitely the second that people would, would just... There's nothing... We learn like about this whole mind control thing in the third film as well. So it's just a bit weird. Like If it's not explained that much in the, in the second, to me, it's just because... To me, it's not Matt's because you know film... there's a third film coming. You don't need revealed everything. And What's the fucking point but in the third the film if I reveal if you could just go this film the should just basically learn this there. film should be Two. except for the amazing one people that's worked of on a it. film <laughs> ah no there's too much going on to make this act one it, of this a could film. absolutely nah, be bullshit. the first half or the yeah. first half of a movie I've heard I've heard the wet melts that you've pitched if you know we could turn yours into a miniseries <laughs> right, the okay. pair of you I was being gentle oh. alright <laughs> fucking let's do this alright Matt <laughs> tell me what thematically is the through line from True Lies 1994 <laughs> to this yeah. and onwards. Death. Death. Great. Because the first one was really... <laughs> Death and cool <laughs> killings. You, you... That's, what we're ca- that's what we're carrying through. Just a Loads lot of more murder. cool death. <laughs> okay. My other question is, Matt, you made a very big point that, you know, oh, t- it's not funny terrorists aren't funny anymore oh but sex trafficking mind control pimps fucking hilarious <laughs> don't know that in the third one until the third one do you second one it's just oh yeah sex trafficking wankers man fucking wankers don't realize until the major plot twist that actually it's his own family I can't wait to watch this third film. I can't wait to watch it. It's a comedy. I have made I've made a point that this is an action movie, not an action comedy film, because the first one wasn't funny, so So, I'm not gonna add that comedy in the second one. Your key audience, people like me who liked the first one and thought it was funny. It's people like Ross and Andy and me, the 75% audience (laughs) that didn't like the first one. That's fair. Why are we talking like clearly my film is the best, Ross? Because we've been talking about my the whole time because the <laughs> other two aren't even on that memorable so hey look at look at some of the films out there that have terrible <sighs> terrible reviews but make shitload of money so yeah but they're still a terrible film you, Ross. it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if it makes a lot of money it's still a terrible film all right let's i'll move on to drews for a little bit let's so I'll, I'll, I'll give that some breathing time all right, okay. i don't mind drews mine mine my my problems with drews is it's it I guess yeah, he said it's got as much comedy as it as the first one did. That the seventy five percent of us know there was not much comedy, so it's not much of a comedy action. It's more of an action. I like the two top spies can't control a teenager. They can't like just and tell them to sit down and 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 you know get better. Um, <laughs> I do also when Ross said like splitting Act Three up into three separate um storylines it would be a bit jarring confusing that needs to happen in act two and then they meet back in in up in act three um if they all just split off in the last act it's that would be jarring to like yeah or or if the if they split up in act two and it continued into act act three but then they all met up then that'd be fine but yeah mine it's just like i don't think drew's is as um, exciting as he was trying to uh, describe it. It's more it just wasn't, a normal wasn't action, as exciting but... as the words I was saying describing it. Yeah, because you, yeah, that's thin. You, you put some good, ex- yeah, you put some good thin. words there, but they, they weren't. Uh, you know, it's not much there. You put There's some good there. words normal... describing what it would be, but I've decided it's not going to be. There's just not much. It's a normal kind of action film that it's that's just nothing new. There's nothing really there. Grass, no, nothing new feel. like your ripped off vibranium that's new <laughs> isn't it also so the entire the president trump that comes yeah, in president trump right, who so comes you... in and gets shot in the yeah. face five minutes later for no reason <laughs> who wouldn't want to see that also who ha- want to harry see that? the also, super spy yeah, gets the only mm. sample of this crazy metal in the world and it's small enough <laughs> that it only makes a necklace for a five-year-old child harry who is so dedicated mm-hmm. to his job and his adoptive country that he lies to his family for 17 years goes off mission, steals this insanely valuable thing. Because he wants to keep it safe from the bad guys. But, but so he gives it surely... to his daughter to look okay, after. Okay, so Andy, <laughs> I give you an incredibly dangerous object and say your choices mm. are give it to a yeah. super secret, highly powerful government agency or my son. <laughs> Which one? 
Which one is the better I say the song choice? Because that's funnier. That's what I'm going for. That's the comedy when she's when they find out about the uh, necklace. Yeah. They're like, "Oh shit! I didn't know. Is that bad? Oh damn it, man! Dad, you put me you put me in danger. I didn't know I put you in danger. Oh shit!" That's some of the comedy that I was point. talking about. And, Andy making a pantomime is always interesting. <laughs> like, that's Andy's version of an action comedy is a pantomime where they get drugged and they start slowly, slowly. I mean, that would be. I, I, would, I would pay good see. money to watch yeah. to watch seventy-five-year-old Arnie and <laughs> like sixty, and just, sixty-five-year-old yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis doing a Wolf of Wall Street bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that tells you everything you need to know, Ross. That you no. know, twenty, the twenty-five percent found that funny. Um, Andy also has a couple of. I'm pretty certain. Like, Andy has a couple of real, ish, real big issues with time in your movie, right? So it's set fifteen years after mm. the first. So yeah, somewhere you've got around some real issues. That's why there. I recall set in two thousand and nine. Well, it's somewhere between, say, like 13 and 16 years, basically. I wanted a younger, I wanted a slightly younger actress and I needed a recast as well because like Eliza Dushu, it does look like a secret agent and I didn't, she could kick my ass, you know, <laughs> whether, you know, she's like, yeah. So Fair. I needed someone who okay. didn't look like, didn't look like a, an agent basically on appearance level. And that's why you're at the end when she does all this, that's kind of like the charm and, and a bit of the joke. That's ma- ma- the main reason why I kind of recast and we age uh, Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis down slightly, but only like kind of five years, I think. Well, you don't need to because they're not in your film. Yeah, they're in <laughs> so the first and the whole of Act Three. You don't need to worry about the. Did you the, listen the to my pitch? Because they were in it quite a lot. The first like, movie because you just they got put in jail. Them in at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and then jail, they have a big action. The there's a big family action scene at the end where they're they're in it. I can read it again yeah, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no, I read it. I've done this in my pitch many times, and I always get told that the the star call, the star factor isn't in it, so I just thought I'd bring that up for you for once. It's definitely. It was <laughs> nice to be able to use it. And in my 40-minute film, he's in it for use. a good 20 minutes, and anyway, so... <laughs> I'm not going to waste another whole hour. No, he's in it. He's in. We won't even deal with the President Thump in 2009 ahead of what was President <laughs> Trump in... 2018 that's mm-hmm. whenever he was around yeah <laughs> right i think i made my decision uh the winner and the first place actually let's go let's go bottom let's go bottom let's go bottom first so th- in third place commendable reliable but I'd rather see the third movie. It's Matt Rushton. <laughs> That's fine. I'll will, I'll just I'll find other ways. I don't need this one. I don't do... want to. I don't want to. I don't want to make the sequels to shit films. I want to make the sequels to good films. All right. <laughs> Who's good? I mate. If I loved the argument section uh, to this week, I feel like um, that's the best argument section we've had ever. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that was so much fun. That was a warm-up. <laughs> Just you fucking wait till next episode. I've got to get myself some points next episode now. So Matt's got one point with his third place, but well, well done. Well done, Matt. Um, in Don't second place. Patronize me. <laughs> in second place. Uh, is. Uh, you Are you wanking? Is that a drum roll? Is, <laughs> I mean, how do you wank? <laughs> That's me. Anyway. <laughs> I'm done in about 12 seconds, so I'm all right. Straight to sleep. Uh, I'm still angry. I'm not laughing. Uh. Is he's only in it for 20 minutes of a 40-minute movie. No! It's uh, Andy's Arnie. Um, Arnie, yeah, your, yours. I liked yours. However... It goes a bit mental near the end of it. Um, That's where the well comedy done, comes in. The comedy. <laughs> you want if you want the comedy, you come to mine. I guess you just want Drew's boring, straight. Hey, you got one. second place. So you got two points. So it's all right. You're on the board. You're on the board. Um, I've got no points, so I'm fucked. Uh, um, <laughs> and coming in first with his, um, you know. Hopefully, Disney can. 
<laughs> yeah, I liked Drews. I thought yours was really good. I, th- I liked the whole... I liked you went a little bit more... For me, it felt a little bit more serious, but I like kind of I liked that, and I liked the journey that you went on with it, um, giving Elijah just a bigger role, but also having you know them as parents as well, like doing this whole weird like um, travel thing, <laughs> and then you know I also think you know showing that America has a lot of mental people is always good <laughs> uh, storyline to do, so you know. Pick up our American yeah. listeners. Wow, yeah. um, I feel bad. I do feel bad for Helen and Spencer in Act Three because the other two get really explosive fights and they just sit down in a hotel room and, talk. Yeah. and yeah. then <laughs> and then, an then go and have an, expu- an explosive fight and take down a load of goons. Can't watch the way. I can't wait to watch that explosion, explosion, explosion. Talk explosion, explosion. <laughs> Look, if you so, don't find character w- drama as exciting as explosions, that's on you. <laughs> I so <don't>. this <laughs> episode's winner is Drew Toynbee. Yeah. Well done, Drew. You are our first good, sir. pitch winner of this year. So, Drew, mm. what are we going to do next? Up next, given that it will be getting a bit close to this day of the year when the episode drops... We're doing Groundhog Day. Oh, Groundhog Day. Very nice. I think all that's left to uh, say is thank you so much for um, listening. Um, If you want to go and see some little extra content, please head on down to our Patreon where you can hear our full review of this movie. Um, I'm pretty sure this this episode's even longer than our normal episode anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much. Please head on down to our Patreon and become a pitch pal. We really appreciate it. Um, spread the word about it. If you think that I made the wrong choice in my first, second, third, what did you, who do you think should have got first, second and third? Then please let us know on Twitter. We'll be they doing know. some more polls. They know. We'll be yeah. doing some more. The listeners know. <laughs> we'll be doing some more polls. We'll be doing some more uh like asking you guys questions you seem to be like reacting to that stuff so we'll be doing a lot more social media stuff which gets you involved as well so thank you so much for listening i've been ross (laughs) goodbye it's third place runner up uh matt rushton you're fucking dead next episode you're listening you're listening Second place with a vengeance. Second place runner up, Andy Henry. At least I beat Matt. I'm happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) And this week's winner, this episode's winner, is Drew Toynbee. Say bye, Drew. Has the love is the baby. Wrong film, but yeah. No, oh shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Right, bye. Bye. Bye.